Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Mitch. How's it going? Good to see you, Mitch. Good. How you doing, man? Living the dream, living the dream. Yep, that's how you it. Do- how you doing? How you doing? I'm uh, I'm pretty damn good, actually. Good to hear. Good to hear. It's uh, here. Let me turn off the Godfather here. Okay, give me an offer you can't refuse. I was thinking about the Godfather of Soul. Oh, that Godfather. Yeah, I had a little bit of him in the background there. Gotcha, gotcha. You looking good, man. Good, looking good. Thank you, thank you. You looking good too, man. I'm, I'm uh, you know, it's uh, not having breakthroughs has been fucking awesome for my complexion. <laughs> That's good. Well, my health. Yeah, my health and my my mental clarity as well you know you know how it goes man after one of those things hits you it it can take a day sometimes two or three to get back and if you have multiple you'll be lucky if you're back to normal in a month shit shit yeah man shit yeah that's how it started out for me and then they give you all the playful meds and all that bullshit yeah sure oh god oh god so uh we're talking with mitch lowe Mike B-Side here. Thank you so much for joining your electrostatic meat sack host and Borg in the making. I'm kicking back with a gentleman that I know not so well because we actually just recently met each other over a, uh, in a support group, the adult support group for Colorado and Wyoming. And uh, man, your stories are so cool. And I clicked right away. It was like, mm-hmm, it's an East Coast badass right here. <laughs> Like a brother from another mother. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, some of the stories you shared with us at the meeting were amazing. Uh, it'd be cool to touch into those at some point. But, uh, you know, this open table, this is like intro meet and greet bullshit right here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shoot away. Ask questions, whatever. And I'm I'm, I'm a transparent person. Now, there'll right. be some times that I won't mention uh, department names because right now I'm still in the midst of a lawsuit that's going on. So there's actually a gag order, but, ah. uh, you know, okay. it is what it is. So other than that, I'm a pretty transparent person and whatever we can do to either enlighten somebody's day or give them uh, knowledge, which in my mind, knowledge is power and we can never have enough of it. Amen. And if we can help somebody, even one person, then I believe we did what we were supposed to do tonight. Right on. Right on. Thank you, man. Thank, and thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. It took a while. You know, I went through some up and down stuff my, for myself and took me a few to get back on the mic and get some time for us. So right, I had no that na- nasty cold. You can still hear the phlegm in my throat. I might have to mute a few times to hack up a loogie or two. So yeah, um, met you in the support group. Got a got a pretty good idea of of your history, your background, and uh, I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to 
give us an idea of what's going on now or you want to give us a brief background? Uh, I'll, I'll do a kind of a background. Yeah. Tell us your story, man, your journey. Um, I had the honor and pleasure of almost 40 years of, um, public service to the, to my country that I love, you know, we might not be the best and people might not look at it, but I still love my country and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Uh, I served eight years in the military. Then I did, um, almost 32 years in uh, fire and EMS service, either paid or volunteer service. And so um, I've always, I guess my gift, people know their gifts, you know, your gift is voice, you know, those types of things. Uh, you're out there informing the public in a humorous way. It's not because it's funny, but, you know, humor for me, I don't care what it is. It's always been the best medicine. Yes. You know, if we can't laugh at each other, then then what's the point? And, you know, it, it might not be a funny thing, but we can still have a sense of humor going through the crap that we go through on a daily basis. Exactly. It's it's a way, you know, laughing is a way to, like, make your body smile. And when your body smiles, it literally, literally activates those, you know, endorphins that get, get right. you kind of. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And and how else are you going to get through it? You know, getting pissed off all the time. And I mean, you can be pissed off here and there. You can, you know, it's perfectly acceptable, actually completely understandable in, in many situations, yours included, uh, the way we get jumped around and pushed around and stuff. And have you ever been to the point of exasperation during your treatment where you can't do it? You get so just head blown. You're even pissed off. And you can't do anything but laugh. I've I've gotten to that point, but then the last several weeks, um, I'll share. I have a PTSD uh, from the military and the fire department, and so I'm seeing a specialist who deals uh, with PTSD. A shout out to UCH Start program that I was able to get into, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago about cognitive behavior, and yeah. When I get pushed to the limits is when I see injustices for people, when I see injustices for others. That's when my New York comes out. That's when my snap, crackle, pop, rice, krispies come out. And it's because it's because I have been in, especially with the medical community, and I've had to apologize to the medical community, but being in EMS and fire and military, I hold these people who are supposed to be professionals at a certain level. And we were talking one day and maybe my way of doing and helping people are at a higher expectation than today's professionals. Not everybody's, but most. I And thank you for saying that. And this part I can cut out if you want. I don't care. Keep it all in. I remember something you had mentioned during uh, the first meeting when we all got to be introduced to you. You were a first responder uh, during the 9-11 attacks. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, wow. Wow. I, I So in my mind, there is a reason why you have this level. After your service and your volunteer work, as the firefighter, your service in your military, you've given so much. 
And so, and in those situations, that's high risk shit right there. I think the firefighters out of all the first responders and no offense to the others, but firefighters come up on situations that are so quick judgment. You have to be on your game to take care of that. So I completely understand why you would have this high bar that you've set for yourself and others. Right. But then it, we know we talked and my therapist asked, your expectation is this one place and their expectations is somewhere else. And the bottom line is who's the one suffering, them or you? And I had to think about it. And I just had to step back and say, I have to go with the flow because if I don't go with the flow, I'm going to be in a pissed off mood all the time. And all that's going to do is make me worse. And those other people who should be doing what they're doing are not affected. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like that cancer. If you don't forgive somebody and you continually pissed off, the person who made you pissed off doesn't give a damn. They have no clue. But it's bothering you every time you think of that situation. And why should I let them rent space? I put the no vacancy sign. I ain't got time for your shit. Or you shenanigans. Just move on and go to the next yeah. thing you want to go through. So, yeah. I like that. I like the way you put that. No vacancy. You yeah. know? That's what, vi that's what forgiveness gives you in your mind and your heart is vacancy for other shit like good right. shit, like positive right. shit. Yeah. People that are important that need to be in that space, not somebody who's not even worth the time, you know, and, and right. again, no disrespect to the medical community. I know they're short staff, but a lot of them have some things to learn, but anyhow, so yeah. Um, I went through that. I yeah. went through that in, in Glenwood Springs and I won't name the hospital, but yeah, yeah. any, any of my friends in, the Roaring Fork Valley know who I'm talking about, but the neurology department, it almost killed a couple of my friends and it was really close to driving me to that point. And I was quote unquote lucky in an ironic way that they couldn't figure out what the hell was going on with me. And so they referred me to uh, UCH, the neurology division and that specific doctor that we were talking about and everything changed everything changed for me. I was in the right place. The right things were in order. And it's, it's the thing in my mind that kept me from thinking the worst thoughts, you know, and planning Definitely. the worst things. Definitely. Cause when you're at that point, you don't, you know, especially seizures, you don't know when you're going to have them. You don't know what you're going to be able to do. How are you going to control life? Are you going to be able to drive? Are you going to be able to ride a bicycle? Are you going to be able to go swimming? Are you going to be able to those things that you used to do as a normal thing? We're not ex asking for me to go into fires or mountain climbing. Those types of situations, you miss those little things. And, yeah. and you know, and so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the unknown, I think, is is what you know, starts pushing you into these directions of the unknown. What's next? How am I going to control the seizure? How, what's controlling the seizure? How am I going to fix the seizure? What kind of seizure are you having? There's so many things. It's not like somebody having a heart attack. Okay, well, you had a heart attack. It could be several things. Is it your electroconductivity missing the heartbeat? Is it a block artery or, or you know, ventricle? It's, yeah. it's easy to narrow down heart attacks versus when it comes to neurology and that's the problem, you know, uh, so much so, you know, 
Yeah. I, even as a paramedic, when I thought I see a neurologist, I thought they knew everything. But apparently they only know so much of, of, of neurology, you know, bits and pieces. And I didn't know this until I finally got to meet an, an ophthalmologist. And oh, like there's people that just work with people with seizures. So, you know, it's just something you have to learn as you go. And so I'm hoping tonight that uh, through our humor and through our wisdom that we have, that we can enlighten somebody, give them tools, give them, let them know that, you know, and I always like to use, we got your six. We got you. That's military that we got your back. First responders, we got your back. Don't think you're alone. Don't let the lies of the enemy tell you that you're alone because that's a bunch of crap. You're not alone. Right. And a lot of those enemies come from your mind. Your mind is given this emergency response, like ancient thing going on from the deep brain that's saying, okay, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And every seizure, every episode, every bad experience with the drugs gives you that, that you're, you're leaning towards that negative, you know, and I went through it. And I still go through it sometimes. That's one of my biggest battles right now. Even after the seizures have been controlled, you're still fighting that battle and that negative reaction, not your action, but your reaction to what's going on. And I also wanted to go back to something real quick. When you were talking about like fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and then realizing you kind of got to go with the flow. Um, I understand where you're coming from on that. And that's a lot of the self battle within yourself and experience new experiences with neurological teams and the treatments and the drugs and the, the unknown that a lot of them aren't up to date on shit like that. But there's also the need in my mind, um, to be able to still put a foot down and advocate and then let the bargaining table go on. And this is what I do sometimes with my epileptologist. It was like a it was like a trade negotiation. And he was like, okay, our protocol is to keep you on your drugs for the first year or two after these RNS implants. But if you continue to do well, I will negotiate with you on our next tune-up of the device. And I'm open to discussing the option of stepping down in dosage so i consider that a small victory it's definitely a victory and if you can take anything away tonight to the listeners now or in the future is you have to advocate for yourself because if you don't advocate for yourself nobody's going to advocate for yourself and it's not like people don't care unfortunately the system is drained they don't have enough people I wait three, three months to see my specialist. It's not because he doesn't care. It's because that's just the way it is since COVID. It's just killed a lot of things. But advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid to say, you know what, doctor, you tell me this. What about this? I heard I researched this. Uh, this implant might do something for me. Diet might do something for me. Sleep might do something for me. Advocate for yourself. Just don't go in there and have the doctor say something. Of course, you want to be listening and give a chance if it doesn't work. But if it doesn't work, don't be afraid to say this is not working. We need to try something else. I don't want to wait another year for medication to see if that's going to be a system. What can we do the next step? 
find out if your seizures are epileptic or non-epileptic. Unfortunately yeah. for me, I have both. So now I'm going through two specialties, one for the epileptic and none for the non-epileptic. So now the non-epileptic people are going to have to figure out what is causing my non-epileptic seizures. So, you know, it's not like you go into the specialist and here's your pills, have a good day, you're healed. It's a process of figuring out why you're having these seizures, what's causing the seizures, what's going to work best for you, but always be your advocate. Call somebody, email somebody, and they don't call you back. Keep calling. If that doesn't work, reach out to the patient representative group. Have them step in. There's, There's departments that will help you because they want you to have the best treatment and other worlds too, is they don't want to have any complaints because when they get complaints, when they get inspected, when they get certified, they're going to see these complaints and they want to know how your hospital system dealt with the complaints. And the last thing they want to do is see those complaints if they're not right. dealt with in the, in the matter that's supposed to be done for. Right. Right. And you know how social media can make or break a restaurant anymore with likes and fucking bad comments. Well, that's the same thing. You know, I mean, I've been treated really well by UC Health. I got no complaints to them so far, you know, in my overall treatment. But they, like everybody else in in the medical field, have been lifted to such a high esteem value that people are afraid to criticize him like they would criticize a Taco Bell. If if you got a problem with your fucking medical support and your treatment, write a report like you were writing about a bad burrito experience at Taco Bell. Don't be afraid. That's they right. can't fire you. Because they're going to respond quicker on a social media because people see that. I did um, my when I first had my seven seizures back to back, I had to go to a rehabilitation center and these people are so great that I did this uh, Google review. And just today I received a, a note from Google that over a thousand people looked at that review to determine if this is somewhere they want to go. So social media has such power. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to do it. And I put yeah. good reviews and I'll put bad reviews. That's just who I am because I don't want somebody else to get screwed over if I went somewhere and I didn't get the service that I expected to. And they'll take right. it the way they want to take it. So, yes, that's a good point. Social media is very, Hell very yeah. powerful, too. Hell, yeah. I mean, love it or love it or hate it. I got to be honest. I've I've I don't get on my Facebook much and I haven't posted in forever. And. Same thing with all the others. I I think I have an Instagram account too. And I think there's maybe, I filled out the profile, but I don't think I've even put in a fucking post. And Twitter, forget it. Yeah. Got a South African billionaire that came in and bought it off of a whim to restore free speed, whatever. It's a shit show now. I'm taking off that. I never used it anyway. Right. I couldn't. I'm an audio and visual guy and just reading tweets never, ever stimulated me. Yeah. Yeah. And with everything that's going on, I don't think posting on Twitter is so socially like essential to businesses and, and organizations and stuff as it used to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, there needs to be a new platform. I mean, I'm not a fan of Zuckerberg and the meta universe or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. We're, oh, God, we're already so tied into all our shit. Like, why do we need to put on the goggles to go deeper? <laughs> what is the goggles going to do? <laughs> Brainwash you more? Right, right. That's that's definitely something that was was developed and in, in, in built by somebody who is a classic recluse. It's like, I would rather live in my video game than actually have to deal with people on the outside world. Just an and opinion. it's so sad for that to be to that point that, uh, that you're so either pissed off at society, the world, the community, or whatever, that you have to isolate yourself through goggles to play some kind of video game that you can do with your PS whatever, 95, yeah. 65, whatever, 64, whatever it is. And, um, and those who are watching and that having seizures, don't isolate yourself. That would be the worst thing you can do. Don't isolate yourself. Don't yep. get into that. That is just a hole that you're not going to climb out of. You start thinking about the seizures. I can't go out. I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, well's my pity. Let me get into video games. Let me get into social media. Next thing you know, you're isolated. Now, when you need to, to be in touch with somebody, you lost those those interactions because you let this depression just squeeze what little life and happiness that you have. Go yeah. out to a restaurant. Go to a coffee place. Have somebody drive you. Go to a movie. Don't be afraid to get a. Don't let the disease control you. You control the fucking disease. Yes. Yes. And I went through that, man. I got, you know, but my my Achilles heel was YouTube videos. Like those short little YouTube videos, weekend update stuff from Saturday Night Live or History Channel. I got into that shit. Um, and off-road. I like the off-road stuff about crazy four-wheel drive, you know, overland type stuff anyway yeah it's but and so i'm like i can't diss the gamers and all that stuff so much because i'm guilty i'm totally guilty and i let that kind of hit me you know and it was like the pandemic the p pandemic was hard on everybody and i wonder what you think about this because i had just gotten hit by generalized seizures like my life my focal seizures finally broke through and, and turned into convulsive generalized seizures in 2019. So I had a year start on that. It was like, fuck my life's over. And I dealt with that. But then the pandemic hit and I, I want to say to a really large degree, at least until the voiceover clients that I had up in the resort town started shutting down. Um, until then, it was like I didn't even notice because I was already, you know, I already couldn't drive. I already couldn't go anywhere with someone driving me. And it, yeah, yeah, I didn't notice it until later. But um, but then the rest of the world got to the point and folks like us got to the point where, well, everybody's online now. And especially the younger kids grow up with this shit. And they're like streaming with their friends and stuff. Oh, ooh, now my buddy who always went out for the weekends or went hiking or camping or fishing, now they're stuck too. 
So I get to play with them. And then at that point, everybody's just fat and sad playing computer games in front of their, yeah. It's not yeah. that bad. I know a lot of them aren't fat and many aren't sad, but it does. It it feeds into it. That's the thing. It it feeds activities like that can feed into your isolation. And you do. You're so right about this. You need to get out. My buddy uh came out, picked me up. I can drive right now, but the cars were taken. And so my buddy picked me up, took me out, spent a weekend hanging out, had a great time, went to a hockey game up here in northern Colorado and saw a fireworks show and just got to catch up with some great friends, went to the bar for a little barley pop, you know. Granted, I shouldn't be doing that in excess, um, but I love my IPAs. Anyway, but you're yeah. right. That fed me. That fed me like I could tell I was brighter and happier for the next two days. That's what we need to do. We need to help each other. We need to lift each other up. One thing I would really love to do is set up like a quarterly meetup of everybody from the support group. Find a oh, place online, whether bowling alley or, you know, hit the the museum or go to a show or you know that'd be kind of cool it would be uh yeah and that's what it's all about it's a it's it's a community and mm -hmm. uh, you know at least when you turn to your videos or something to make you laugh i know other people are trying to self-diagnose looking at other people with seizures and stuff i have a, a lady friend she's going through cancer and every time she's telling me, I just watched this uh, video on this cancer and watch this video on this cancer. And I said, what the heck are you doing? You're feeding yourself more crap. There's no joy. You're not feeling any happy. But no, but this is realistic. Yes, it's realistic, but it's not, you know, it's bad. But you can make something better than keep feeding more negativity into your situation to where you're not going to find any hope, any joy, or any happiness in your life. And then every day you're going to be miserable, miserable, miserable. And all you post about is miserable, miserable, miserable. And I don't want anybody to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to hear those and it's it's hard to react. And I mean, because those those posts, the people putting out those posts are they're stuck in the rut and no amount of of hey, cheer up and happy memes and balloons and fucking kittens is going to make it better. I mean, that's when she needs to personally message a good friend or a family member and be like, hey, that's how I feel. Like when I get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't need to share that, you know, with the people that aren't close to my circle as far as the really down stuff. You got to keep your circle kind of small because, you know, you don't want to give into information to fake ass people because all they're going to do is use it down the line or twist it around. And so my circle is small. And, and, and if somebody needs to know something, it's going to be somebody that I trust that needs to know it and going to have your back instead of just fake assing it and not caring what's going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, oh, shit. We got 10 minutes. That's it? Well, this okay. fucking Zoom thing, oh, 40 that's minutes. the problem with free Zoom. It only gives you a yeah. certain amount of time. So what else do you want to know? We what? could log out and log back in, or we could just set this up again for next week. Yeah, it can be a part two. What else do we want to talk about? Or what else? What questions or things do you want me to talk about? Well, you know, I mean, okay, we can definitely go into detail either now or or the next time we chat. Okay, about, so yeah. about what you're going through, specifics, and where we yeah. go from here, shit like that. But I want to hear if you're okay sharing. I know where you, you're going with this. You were at Ground Zero. Yeah, and okay, that is. So- I cried when you told me that because I was on the radio station. I was on my way to work and I heard that the towers went down and I went in and I, I did my live air shift basically reporting on this. And I was just crying through the whole thing. I didn't know what the hell was going on, but you were there. Like you were there. Is that something we even have time to touch on in 10 minutes? I was there. And uh, I'll I'll skip through the details of what went on, but the details of how I started getting my seizures and my injury was I fractured C four five six seven, pulling somebody out and wasn't aware of it till twelve hours later when I started losing uh, my whole left side was numb. There was no feelings or nothing, and I had several seizures. At the time, they linked my seizures to a TBI, which is called a traumatic traumatic brain brain injury. injury. Yeah. And so they put me on capper for a while, uh, had to step down from the services because the seizures weren't under control. And then I went through the whole process of rehabbing, getting my left side back to where it was supposed to be. And then... Several years later, the, the seizures tapered out, and um, I thought I was good to go. Uh, the neurologist said, we think your seizures stopped because you had a TBI. We don't see the brain injury anymore because those TBIs usually go away after they do a, a scan at the beginning, and then afterwards, most you'll never see those TBIs showing up again. So I thought I was good to go. And then I have a couple here, a couple there, and this will be the time for the next time we talk. So back in June is when the shit started hit the fan, so to oh, speak. Oh man, yeah. So I was having, I had, I went to a primary care doctor. My old one had left, so I was seeing a new one, and I was in her office. Her medical assistant came in and did the blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. Hey, your doctor will be in a couple of minutes. You know, the whole routine. Right. And next thing I know, I'm waking up and uh, fire rescue is there. And she had said I had four seizures in her office. And then I had three more where they had to keep shooting me up with Ativan to get me to UCH. So next time we'll touch base on how that journey's been since June, what I've learned and the obstacles that have come. And uh, if you guys have questions, don't be afraid. I don't know how you get questions answered. Do they have a form or something? Oh, they. we have an email, but I could 
also set something up on the Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook page for Caesar Salad too. Yeah, if they Let's have do questions, that. don't be afraid to ask. Um, I'm not have nothing to hide. Like again, I know that our, at least I know us to have uh, the go of just talking the shit, having fun, being serious, and just being real, being transparent. If we can be transparent, yeah. I think that we can have an impact with other people that might be going through this shit that never gone through. I agree, man. I completely agree. Um, yeah, let's touch on that. I'm really interested to see how things have been going since then. And, um, and I do want at some point to hear a story about what you went through, but that's up to you and we can do okay. that anytime. That's, that can Sounds be in a side project. All yeah. right. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. Uh, what do you say we do this again next week, man? Okay. Same time. Sure. Let's do All it. Right. Sounds good. And yeah. hopefully, yeah, we'll have a good time and we'll just be real. It's what it's about being real. It's what it's about. All Mitch right. Lowe on the down low. Peace <laughs> out, brother. Peace out, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a good one. You too, man. You too. Bye. Mitch Lowe. On Caesar Salad, Fuster Cluck, Epilepticus. Thank you all for listening to us. We'll catch you the next time. And don't forget, until then, drive fast, take chances, and unexpect the expected. Oh, and remember, it's all in your head. <laughs> See ya. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. Caesar Salad Fuster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. Original logo and graphic designed by Alba Lopez. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky, and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever blows your hair back just keep listening and join us again soon for another episode of seizure salad until then remember to unexpect the expected that's all in your head take a minute to the whip and then i'm gonna mash on gas because i'll be crushing that impasse with that ass syntax skinny motherfucker off a bucket of slim fast